This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 74 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. The Extreme Cowboys. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections brings the whole universe of equestrian shopping to your fingertips. Visit them at equestriancollections.com. And also, Easy Signs Online, the number one farm sign company in the U.S. Order online at easysignsonline.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, where weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Welcome back, Helena. Oh, I'm it's so, so good to have you back. I'm tired of doing this solo thing. I know. I can't tell you how much I've missed recording our shows. I have to think of all the questions and have to like be alert the whole time. I can't take <laughs> naps. I can't get a walk off and get a drink while you're talking. You can't have any fun. I know. I totally know. It's about me. So I am glad you're back and uh, that uh, you're back in your hometown of Ro- in Rhode Island there. Yes, I am in Rhode Island, and um, as you mentioned on last week's show, it was unfortunate that I had to be away. Um, my father was very sick with cancer, and uh, sadly, he passed away last week. Um, but the good news is that uh, the pain and suffering is over, so I'm a, a little bit on a high right now. Um, you know, as a lot of people who've lost loved ones know that there's a process that you go through, and um, right now, being here with my Stable Scoop family is... Um, part of that healing process for me so i want to thank everybody for their support in such a tough time well we 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 are glad to have you back and uh as you know this is one of my favorite times of the week is is chatting with you and all the cool people that we chat with on the stable scoop show um you know i got through the last couple weeks but it's it's much more fun when you're here thank you (laughs) so so i just wanted to tell you that thank you Uh, and also i wanted to tell you something else i haven't had a chance to talk to you about is numbers and i wanted to share that a little bit with our audience around the world we're very proud to announce that in december we broke records for the stable scoop show and the horse radio network as a network we went over seventeen thousand unique listeners in 37 countries wow yeah stable scoop's still number one but guess who's pushing it pushing Uh right along getting close Oh. Horse Tip Daily. Oh, no. Yeah, but, you know, it's a daily show, so it should be pushing it. <laughs> so but, but it's, uh, yeah, that, that uh, silly little show I do with the tips with everybody, it, it's uh, number two now. Actually, I, that's, I, I listen to that one regularly. Well, you know, it's a lot of fun, and it's short. You can listen to it while you're making your coffee in the morning. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, and I have some fun people on there. Uh, there's some very you interesting great people stuff. on there. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned quite a bit, especially when, um, uh, what's her name, Max Corcoran comes on. Oh, Max is great. Yeah. Love Max. Yep. Yeah, love Max. She's uh, Karen O'Connor's groom. 
Yep. Uh, it's on the eventing side. But today we're not talking about English anything. The other thing I've been getting a lot of recently is letters from listeners going, where are you going to do more Western stuff? So today we're all about the Western stuff. We're going to be ta- we're going to be joined by two extreme cowboys. We're going to find out what exactly an extreme cowboy is. So why don't you tell us what's coming up today, and we'll we'll just get this show started. Well, I personally am thrilled to have yeah, two I know you are. <laughs> of America's leading extreme cowboys. Honey, I'm happy just to have any cowboys on the show. Well, you know, I had my cowgirl episode, so it's only fair. This is true. Um, so joining us as co-host today, we have Steve Lantvit. Steve won the 2009 CHA Instructor of the Year Award, and he's going to be joining us in just a minute. Then a little bit later, we're going to be joined by someone that's well-known in the Western world. His name is Craig Cameron. Craig is a Cowboys cowboy and a well-known clinician around the country. Uh, His tagline is complete horsemanship from beginning to winning. And uh, Craig's very well respected, um, not only in the Western world, but in the horse world in general. So we're going to get our co-host on the show with us. Again, Steve Lanfitt, the 2009 Certified Horsemanship Association Instructor of the Year. Some of Steve's other accomplishments are uh, being named Cowboy Hall of Fame's Craig Cameron's Midwest Connection. Did I get that right? I think so. Okay. Um, Steve's also one of the top finishers in last year's Extreme Mustang Makeover. Our favorite, one of our favorite things. And a top contender for this year's Extreme Cowboy Racing National Finals. I think you should be in that, Helena. We're going to find out what that is. You should be in the Extreme Cowboy Racing National Finals. You know what? I need to get into some Western tack first. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Steve can help me with that. (laughs) Um, Steve operates High Grove Farm out in Indiana, and we give a warm stable scoop welcome to you, Steve. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Good to have you on, Steve. I'm very excited about this. I can't wait. Uh, we've been talking about this now for a while, and, and I, I can't believe it's just all coming to reality right now. <laughs> well, Steve, you know, I, I chatted with you on the phone for what, about an hour last week, and you and I didn't have any trouble talking, that's for sure. Uh, that's, that's not, not at all, not at all, not at all. <laughs> now, you, have you been on, on a horse since you were a kid? I, actually, you're going to find this funny. When I, when I started off, I, I'm, I'm allergic to horses. So uh, in my, in my well, early years, <laughs> so it, it, was a, it was a real rocky start in terms of actually getting on the horse. Uh, if, if my eyes didn't swell shut and I didn't have an asthma attack, it went usually pretty smoothly. But uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't until my, in my teens when I started riding. So, uh, and then that sort of just uh, expanded from there. That's the first time we've ever had anybody on the show, Helena, that's been allergic to horses that... <laughs> It's, it's, Has it gone away, it, or are you still? I still no, swell it, it, up, and it, you still it, have it, asthma attacks. It's still, it's still there. We just keep it in check a little bit more. I, I just, uh, I kept doing it, and I think my brain just finally gave in because it sort of figured if we, they, it, it didn't adjust, my body was just going to end up killing itself. So uh, we just sort of adapted to fit the situation. <laughs> I mean, I get swollen and, and and asthma attacks, but that's after I hit the dirt, not when I'm right. <laughs> no, that, that's a whole other allergy that I try to avoid. <laughs> Well, Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, congratulations on on the uh, CHA Instructor of the Year Award. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I was very, very excited about that. That was actually uh, in part uh, to uh, to my wife Jennifer and uh, Frankie Lovato and Sandy Lovato from Equisizer, who started uh, 
uh, unbeknownst to me, sort of a campaign and, and started contacting a lot of my my clients, and uh, they ended up nominating me. So uh, I, I've been a, a CHA a certified instructor in English and Western uh, for the last five years. So it is uh, it, it sort of just snowballed and got uh, got going, and, and we're pretty excited about that. Frankie, of course, has been on our show a couple times before, right, Helena? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we love Frankie. Yeah, he's one of our favorites, and, and uh, he, he you also speaking of equisizers and frankie you have equisizers don't you yeah actually uh frankie is one of our sponsors yeah we have uh, we have jazz and uh when we had uh, gene lambrick out here just uh last week uh, we we did some filming on it we we use it for lessons all the time uh when, when we do clinics when i do clinics by myself we use it to help the the the, the students uh and craig has one he uses it so uh we're, we're, we're big fans of that, that's for sure. Hey, Helena, I got, just got an idea. We should get Frankie to send us each one, and we can record while sitting on the equisizer every week. <laughs> well, we're going to need a video camera because <laughs> that's going to be too precious to not you can see me falling off on a regular basis. <laughs> well, if, if you fall off the equisizer, I think we need a couple more lessons. Well, I probably so. do, Steve. I probably. <laughs> Well, Steve, I've, now... I've sat on an equisizer at uh, Equine Affair here in Massachusetts. Those things are amazing. Aren't they? I, I love them. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, Steve. we 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 use it for everybody. We we had uh, we actually had Jean out there uh, learning to rope on it, and and, and we uh, we taught her how to ride a buck. Well, you know, it'd be great that. for that stuff. Wouldn't yeah, it? She, yeah. We we use it for everything, for absolutely everything. Wow, that's cool. How to ride a buck? All right, I'm I'm booking my flight. Where are you, Indiana? In Laporte, Indiana. Actually, you could just Google that right now, and it's on. Uh, I know Frankie posted that on um, a YouTube, so that's on there right now. Of Jean on the on the. Uh, on the Aquasizer, we, we gave her a little prep lesson because she came here uh, as part of her cowgirl, uh, cowgirl up diaries. And uh, yeah, she came here to learn how to start a cult. So we thought that was just uh, maybe some necessary information that we needed to pass on to her, depending on how the situation went. Yeah, that was so, true. <laughs> like what, that planning ahead. <laughs> There was, exactly. That, you know, we, it was no offense to Gene, but we thought, well, let's just cover a couple little basic ground rules before we get into this. Yeah, his insurance company called and said, make sure you don't break her in half. You know, that, <laughs> as well as she signed the liability waiver, so we were comfortable <laughs> with most things. So. All right, let's talk a little bit more about you. What do you do at your, at your farm out there? And, and, you know, tell us a little bit. I know you want to get into this a little bit when, when – uh, Craig comes on, but tell us a little sure. bit about about the extreme uh, the extreme cowboy stuff. Well, the the extreme cowboy association uh, actually that's that's Craig's baby, and he started that. And, and what it is, it's a competition that, that for the most part, there's really not out there. Uh, um, it's one that we take the rider or, or attempt to as much as possible out of the confines of the arena, and we have about a hundred obstacles that are approved uh, through the uh, EXCA. And what we do is we judge on horsemanship and time, okay? And uh, the, the courses vary in length, and depending on the different levels, we have uh, young guns, which are for our, our youth riders that are, 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 are 12 and under. Uh, we have a youth division. We have uh, a novice division. We have a ride smart division, and that's uh, for 55 and older. Uh, and then we have the uh, non-pros, and we have pros. Um, and, and the courses vary in length as the difficulty of obstacles changes depending on the division. And what we're looking for is it, we're stressing horsemanship, but we're stressing horsemanship in a real fun, uh, I, I, I hate to say fast pace, but uh, more of an exciting, an exciting fashion because we is get them a- out of that arena and uh, – 
still with safety in mind, it, it is a race. Oh, it is okay? a race. Okay. It is a race. And, and you are timed, but instead of just throwing caution to the wind, you're judged uh, on each obstacle on horsemanship. Oh, okay. So there is judging involved, too. Oh, yeah. There's, there's judging involved. Actually, uh, this year we just, uh, and, and when we have Craig on with us, we'll explain a lot of this. We, we went ahead and uh, we revised a lot of our judging and our scoring system. And uh, it's, we're, we're adapting. It's very similar to like a, a, a reigning test. Okay. So every rider comes in with a score and then they plus or minus as they go up or down, depending on how they finesse each obstacle. All right. Well, we'll talk more about what the obstacles are like and, and things like that when we, when we get Craig on. You, you obviously are an instructor because you got Instructor of the Year award there. You, right, you, right. What kind of things do you do on an on a annual basis? Uh, well, you know, it, you know, there's a lot of different barns, and a lot of the barns are discipline specific. I, I would say that I'm horsemanship specific. You know, we we start off with stressing horsemanship first, and, and here in the barn we have uh, youth riders. I have non-pro riders, and uh, we do a lot of clinics. And what we do is we stress horsemanship, and then we go ahead, and I have youth riders that show in hunter jumper. I uh, have youth riders and amateur riders that show in the. Um, uh, Ranch Horse Association, and 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 what we're what we're what we do is like I said, we stress horsemanship. So a, a lot of our lessons are in the uh, indoor arena, but we have our own little extreme course here. So we we, we train on water crossings and and bridges and teeter totters, uh, cattle. Uh, we we're really working on, on a well-rounded, versatile horse, and, and the horsemanship that it takes to you know to get there. Hey, Helena, could you see some my some of my wife's thoroughbreds doing that? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I yeah. mean, yes, definitely. I mean, because it's a, it's the foundation. You can you can go anywhere you want after you've got this the foundation that I think he's teaching. My question is, what type of um, what type of students do you get? Do you you obviously have some some dead beginners, but do you also have people who are crossing or are in another discipline and then and actually need to go back to the basics because they're running into trouble? Actually, that, that you hit it right on the head right there. We have when we do clinics. We'll, we'll attract uh, dressage riders, hunter-jumper riders, uh, team ropers, barrel racers that, you know, that are competitive and are out there competing at higher levels, and they come in to improve their horsemanship because they start training and they get you know, really sort of tunnel vision on, on their prize. And then along that way, there are, there are things that they, you know, holes in their foundation that we have to fix. So we have that. And then at the same time, we have a lot of horses that would come in for training. Uh, and just like you said about your wife's thoroughbreds, we have a lot of off-the-track thoroughbreds that, that are coming back here. And uh, we give them a job. And one of the jobs is putting them in, like, on the extreme cowboy courses, uh, putting them on cattle and getting them out and expanding their mind to, so that they feel that there's there's other things out there. And it, it's amazing when you get some of these off-the-track thoroughbreds that are so, you know, on the muscle and really going. When you when you change up the situation a little bit and put them in, uh, you know, like on a cow, all of a sudden it's like, bam, there, there, there they are, and, and, and they lock on. So it, it's pretty fascinating when you see especially riders of different disciplines coming in to do this. Do you think the horses shake out pretty quickly? Like you said, you take an off-track thoroughbred and you put them next to a cow, you put them in front of a cow. Can you see pretty quickly whether or not a particular horse is going to take to um, a particular project or a task? Well, you, you know, you know what, what, the way we set everything up, it's really set up for the success of the horse, okay? And, and, and there's a lot of little baby steps that we work into this. So every horse that we bring in here, okay, you know, for the, for the most part, really adapts sort of quickly. And what it is is we're working within the comfort zone of the horse and the rider. And once we break it down to that, 
you know, every, they both grow simultaneously, and, and, and you can see them just clicking in. And, 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 and what we do is, you know, curiosity killed the cat, but it trained the horse. Yeah. So if we keep changing things and making it exciting for the horse and for the rider and getting them out of sometimes of maybe, maybe thinking too much on the riding, uh, they, they really progress rather quickly. Have you seen a, in, over the years, you've been doing this how many years now? Oh God, we've been, I've been part of the CHA now for five years, but we've been doing this on for probably, probably about 10 years or so. Okay. So have you seen a shift and, and, and this might be a good question for Craig too later. Have you seen a shift in the, in the, the division has always been there between English and Western, but I think in, in, in some ways that line is starting to be crossed and, and that people are realizing that you can learn from the other to help you, you know, I, I, and I think that goes both ways a little bit. You, we talked a little bit about how you use dressage in, in your training. And, and Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. I think that, that there, is, there is more of a crossover now than there was 20 years ago, isn't there? Well, I, I think what's happening now as, as an industry, I mean, years ago, all the secrets of the trades were like that. Those were, those were quiet secrets and, and those were training tips that, that certain trainers didn't want to have out there. And now I think the, the big commodity is, is information and education. And when you go to these expos, you know, all across the country, you've got these clinicians out there, you know, Craig being one of them, who, who's teaching horsemanship. And, and if we look at that as really like the baseline, that transcends all disciplines. And that's what's really happening. I think that's the biggest key is that it's the horsemanship that people are really starting to realize that they've either that they've either missed in their foundation training or are going back to to improve their discipline. And and, and so like when, when I said before, and I talked with you about this just the other day, that, that that's really the key, you know, and, and that's where you get, we, we get dressage riders that are coming out and, and talking to cowboys on, on, on desensitizing their horse. You know, uh, same thing with the, the show jumpers, okay? And at the same time, <clears throat> we'll go ahead and take a, uh, a team roper who's not utilizing their legs correctly in order to put their horse in the correct frame, and, and, and we could go ahead and start giving them dressage exercises, okay, to start making sure that that horse is lifting the ribcage, elevating the shoulder, engaging that hind end, and really having that horse responding to the rider like the rider wants. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Was that too much? You know. Sign me up. <laughs> no, no, Helena's signing up. She's ready. She's at your farm tomorrow. Okay. So. I, and, and, and you know something, I mean, like, Craig, if I have to admit, I mean, Craig's been my mentor. So, I mean, we, we've gone back now for years. And, and this is the stuff that, like, you know, really these top clinicians, these top trainers, that's, that's what it's all about. It's not about being discipline-specific. It's about horsemanship. Right, right, exactly. And I think that's that you're exactly right about how far we've come. And, you know, that's been a recurring theme when you think about it, Helene, and all the shows we've done now, what, 74 of them. We've probably talked about horsemanship more than 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 anything well i think that's the new revolution you know there there in in life in general there is an industrial revolution there's a technological revolution i think in horsemanship or in horses there's been a revolution and that is i think the crossover of or maybe the blending of disciplines into the foundation of horsemanship i i think you see that the, the most especially at those expos where you where you have the different disciplines and the clinicians out there and you see people of other disciplines watching and taking notes and really learning and participating. 
Yeah, I think that, that's, that's a huge part right now. I agree with you 100 percent because that's the, that's the few one of the few times that all of the dis- different disciplines where you, you're exposed to many schools of thought all in one place. And absolutely, absolutely. Otherwise, you'd you know, how often do I get to the other side of the country to see things like that? There's not a lot of Western trainers. Um, and, and the East Coast. And there's not so, a lot of them in Rhode Island. There, I, I was just going to say, there's not a lot of cowboys in Rhode Island. <laughs> no, and Along would you please beach? Co- send some of them here for many reasons? <laughs> you see, that that's amazing because I'm going to tell you something. If you would have asked Craig or I, I would have just felt that was a hot spot. But... <laughs> I'm, I'm being teased, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. No. However, I would love to see Steve up there fox hunting with you someday. Uh, yeah. Yeah, all right, bring it I, on. I have, I have tall black boots. I, I've done that before. Oh, have you? Wow. Oh, you know, I, I, they, they don't get out of the closet too much, even though my... <laughs> kind of dusty, huh? No, it, it, exactly. If I take my hat off, it's funny because sometimes my students don't even recognize me. Do you wear breeches too, Steve? Or are you not admitting I, that in public? I should, don't tell too many people. But... <laughs> You know what? No, that, we've had a couple. That'll of people... just be between you know between us and the couple thousand people that are listening. yeah around the world. <laughs> Thirty-seven. Countries. Now you're going to be getting emails wanting to see the picture of you in your breeches and your tall yeah. boots. Yeah, exactly. And which we probably don't have readily available. So. <laughs> well, what what is there in the Western world that would be the equivalent of fox hunting? Uh. Cool. Hunting with guns. A fox, a fox, yeah, we fox hunt differently. Yeah. You know, we have a scope. Um, but no, no I mean, okay. I, I, in terms of the sport of riding at breakneck speeds across the countryside. Okay, and, and, and it's funny because that would have to go back to the Extreme Cowboy Association because we never really had that. Uh, I, I think if you look at dressage, uh, what we would, you know, if you had to cross over into Western discipline, it would be raining. Okay. Right. Uh, some some very fundamental moves. You're looking for perfection and things like that. Uh, when it got into something like fox hunting or eventing, we don't in the Western world we don't have that. Uh, and, and, and really, that was one of the the reasons for I believe when Craig uh, had this conception of the Extreme Cowboy Association that you know. God, there's nothing more exhilarating than just flying across the field and there's a log in your way. I mean, we just jump over it, okay? And, and I know there's a, you know, a, a lot of school of thought that Western riders don't jump because of, you know, the saddle horn and things like that, but we do. Hmm. So, uh, on the con- you know, when, when, when this whole idea came about, I mean, we do a lot of jumping in the Extreme Cowboy Association. Well, let's, let's get Craig on. Let's first, uh, let's do a commercial here for Equestrian Collections, Helena, and then we'll get Craig on the phone. You know, Equestrian Collections, Helena, came up with a new coupon now just for our listeners. They can type in when they're checking out, they can type in horse radio, all one word, and get $10 off their next order of $120 or more. And just for this episode, they have... They are now carrying Wrangler brands. Yeah, they have picked up Wrangler as a brand and are carrying all of that. Equestrian Collections truly is is going from being just an English store to now carrying a ton of Western stuff. So they're they're crossing over too, as we talked about before. So you want to stop by EquestrianCollections.com and check out all the new things she has coming up on the site. There is a ton of new stuff since we even we spoke to her at Christmas time. And you also want to use the new coupon Horse Radio at checkout to get that ten dollars off that next order of $120 or more. And she wanted me to remind everybody with the cold weather out there, she carries over 20 different brands of blankets and sheets, and she still has a bunch in stock. So if you need a new blanket at a great price and get an additional $10 off, go to equestriancollections.com. Well, let's get Craig on the phone here. 
All right, welcome back. We've got Craig Cameron with us right now, Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame. Craig, how are you, sir? I'm good, Steve. It's good to be with you guys. Looking forward to visiting with you. Excellent. we got Glenn and Helene on the phone with us, and uh, we've got listeners from around the world that are paying attention right now. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the clinics and everything that you do down there in Texas? Well, you know, we don't only just do them in Texas. We actually do them nationwide. We've been all into Europe and Hawaii and Canada and lots of different places. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're on the road just really year-round. And, uh, you know, I'm actually a working clinician teaching people how to work with horses. And, you know, the first thing I always tell people is that, uh, you know, I'm just a student, too. I'm out there trying to learn. And I always say great horsemanship is an ongoing and learning process for anybody who's a serious horseman. Right, right, right. So with the students and everything that you have, what would be the main message that you try to really get get across <laughs> to the students? Well, you know, there's a lot of messages to get across, you know. And, you know, I always say horsemanship is a thinking man's game, you know, and uh, it, it takes a lot of thought process. I tell people if they're not a good thinking thinker, they need to get into something like post hole digging or something like that, you know, because, <laughs> because uh, you know, it really does take a lot of thought process because we're, one of the things that makes horsemanship tough is you're dealing with another living entity. In other words, this horse, he gets hot, he gets cold, he gets sick, he gets well, he has good days and bad days, just like you and me. So, again, you've got to think, and what I mean by think is you got to figure out what's happening, what's not happening, what happened before it happened that made it good or made it bad. And then after that, you know, you got to use patience and consistency, respect, trust, compromise, a lot of different uh, components go into making good horsemanship. You know, that that was the one thing we were talking just before we got you on board here. And, and I said that, you know, I, I would consider you my mentor for everything. And, 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 and everything what you just said is the stuff, the, the very basics that you, you, you taught me and that, that we pass on when we do clinics, even up here at my place, uh, you know, to the students and stuff like that. So that was the one thing that uh, always impressed me about you is that you always stressed horsemanship, horsemanship. And, and, and you could see it, you know, especially when we start crossing disciplines that we have dressage riders, hunter jumpers, you know, yeah. from all all different walks of the equine industry coming in and, and participating in these clinics. You know, oh, absolutely. You know, can I, can I sure. just interrupt here for a minute, Craig? This is you know horsemanship. Horsemanship. What do you believe are the, the cornerstones of horsemanship today, Craig? I know different people have different ideas yeah. of that, but what are what do you believe is the corner, cornerstone? Well, Alina, I really great horsemanship. It always boils down to anything, like football, golfing, baseball, anything. It always boils down to great basics, great fundamentals. You know, if you have great basics, great fundamentals, if you run into a problem, you always go right back to them. So what are great basics? What are great fundamentals? Really, first of all, you have to get a horse that's relaxed. In other words, I always say your most important job with every horse every day is to take the fear out of a horse. You can't... Uh, train or ride or school on a horse that's nervous, scared, unsure, apprehensive, or unsure. So to me, again, uh, that's the most important thing. Get your horse to relax right between his ears. In other words, you never want to put static in the horse's mind. So you have to be patient. And uh, uh, remember that each horse is different. Each horse is unique. And what you do on one horse, you don't necessarily do on another. But I'd say good basics and fundamentals are flexibility, position, control. In other words, when I'm talking about these things, I'm also talking about dealing with the horse physically, 
mentally, emotionally, mind, body, and spirit. So when I say flexibility, flexibility gives you position, position gives you control, and control is the name of the game. So whenever you're working a horse, if you'll just remember to always stay in control. In other words, if you're out of control at a canter, you need to back up to a trot. If you're out of control at a trot, need to back up to a walk you know and if you're out of control to walk then you need to get off the horse and save your life and go back <laughs> to groundwork see so again it's always a matter of just reading the horse seeing where he's good where he's bad and where he needs the help and of course experience is your best uh, uh teacher when it comes mm. to that hey helena what do we do if our show gets out of control like it always does <laughs> i mean we, we back it down we to the back walk. it up <laughs> Get off. Yeah, yeah, go to commercial. That's right. <laughs> yes, you should be higher rank. That's why we have an editor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you're out of control, just go to commercial. <laughs> That's but, what you, uh, you do, know, right? Isn't it? You do RFD TV too, don't you? Oh, yeah, I got a show on RFD-TV. And, you know, RFD-TV has been such a big factor in bringing great horsemanship to the people. You know, when I first started doing this, they considered me one of the original clinicians. And, uh, you know, people really were uh, not very well informed, as, as I remember it, say, 20 years ago. And through uh, agendas like RFD-TV, people are really learning about the horses. They're becoming knowledgeable because, you know, again, you're out there learning. And, uh, and I always say learning is a response from a demand to grow to do something you've never done before and not only the horse but the people too so you know when the people get good good when the people get knowledgeable then the horse does the same so yeah it's, it goes right hand in hand and that's what we see like when you especially when you're out on the road at all those expos and everything i mean with all those people just trying to gather all the information that they can that's that's always impressed me with the people that come there and watch you when you're doing your clinic you know your clinic demos and stuff like that at the different expos um, well, I love it. Uh, you know, I always say without the people, I don't have what I have. I don't get to do what I do. So, you know, when I go to the expos, you know, I'm really proud of the people for coming and watching because, you know, I tell people, you know, uh, uh, the best horsemen don't come because they don't know anything. The best horsemen come with the attitude that, hey, if I could learn even one thing from this guy that I didn't already know before that I had forgotten, well, then it's well worth my time, you know. So, it's, you know, and, and so, again, it's good for you, good for the horse, you know. And uh, so, so all good horsemen have an open mind, an open attitude, an egoless presentation. You know, you never work through your pride or ego because the horse doesn't think like that. So, uh, you know, I try to get right down there on the horse's level and work with those horses and, uh, and uh, give them a chance, uh, an opportunity to learn and to understand. And uh, it's amazing how good the horse can do it if the horseman is effective. You know, what, what, what impressed me, like when we were down there with you, and, and this is going back years ago when we started to do our first cult, my, my first cult starings and everything with you, how quickly you got us out there on the, that extreme course of yours. And, and, and how that, you know, I mean, there, there was nothing. I remember that first time I was on a cult, and, and it went around that, that, that round ten of yours like three or four times, and you, you, were, you were on Twister, and you looked at me and you said, oh, you feel comfortable? And you just opened up that gate. And before you know <laughs> I don't think there was a lot of time for me to think. Well, you know, again, I was adjusting to fit you too. I'm not going to do that to every person, but that's reassuring. That's reassuring. His wife, your wife, called and said, "Can you make sure he comes home in a cast?" <laughs> that is interesting, but you know, you think about it. Uh, you know, at my clinics, you know, I call them riding clinics. You know, if we're going to do a grand working clinic, I'm going to call it exactly that. But 
if you come to a, a riding clinic, you're going to get the opportunity to do exactly that. And the only way to learn to ride is to actually get on the horse. I mean, we're going to make sure people are safe. We're going to make sure the horses are safe. Heck, it's no good if you get hurt, no good if the horse gets hurt. But after that, to get on that horse and actually go to ride and see, because that's the way you're going to get better. And then from there, I'm riding right next to the students, actually schooling on them right then, right there. I'm actually riding next to you on my horse, telling you what to do with your hands, your seat, your legs, your mind, your body. And I'm kind of getting after you like a drill sergeant out right out of the Marines. And people tell me that they love that. You know, they tell me, Craig, please school on me that's how i get better and you know that's what the best students do they like that school and they like that teacher uh, uh teaching at them and the, you know that's how you make that progress which is a function of time and intensity you want to find a balance of each so yeah. Yeah. i heard he does a uh, co-host cowboy school so we'll have to sign up <laughs> well sometimes we call it cowboy boot camp you know and uh uh, we have a lot of fun, and uh, I, you know, a lot of times I've had people come to my clinic. I've actually had some students have come to my clinic as many as 20 times. They tell me, Craig, I come strictly for the abuse. In other words, they want you to, <laughs> they want you to really get after them because that's how they learn. But you know, more than anything else, you know, I tell people, you know, the whole idea about riding a horse is to have a good time. Heck, if you're not having a good time, what's the sense in doing it? You know. So uh, you know, we get out there and have a lot of laughs, and and, and you can't be afraid to laugh at yourself with yourself at each other and when we start laughing and having a good time i guarantee the learning process just doubles and triples and quadruples just immediately because when people are having fun they relax and that's when they get good absolutely now now like back to what you were saying about having a good time what what was the 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 the, the brainchild behind you know, forming the extreme cowboy association <laughs> well the extreme cowboy association you know it started out an idea that i had Everything I saw, everything I saw uh, was was in an arena. Everything was very specialized. It was just raining or just cutting or just dressage or just jumping. And I thought, heck, why don't we have an event that incorporates everything a guy might do on a ranch? You know, everything like crossing creeks, crossing ravines, you know, uh, going over jumps, uh, loading the horse in the trailer, ground tying the horse, saddling the horse, riding bareback. Why couldn't we have an event like that? And again, in, in, in this event, we could do it indoors, we could do it outdoors, we could cross water, and you know what? I tell you what, it really has taken off. People love it, and uh, so I came up with this extreme race. A guy named Ryan Dorn really believed in the idea, and uh, we got it on the television show called it the Extreme Cowboy Race, and I tell you what, it was, people just went wild for it, and so now we've developed what we call the Extreme Cowboy Association, and in this association, we have all different levels that you can compete on, so if you're a beginner or a novice, you compete with novices. If you're a non-pro, non-pro. If you're a pro with pro, if you're over 55 years old, we got a division just for that. We got a division for youth and young guns, and uh, and it's really working out great. So if you're interested in that, you just look up ExtremeCowboyAssociation.com, become involved, and we consider it the fastest growing sport in the horse industry today, and it's the most fun you'll ever have on your horse. Hey, Craig, yeah, but do you have a chapter in Rhode Island? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Helena, we need you to get one going up there. there because. You go. <laughs> Yeah, right. we really do. And we I have to too. As, we, <laughs> as soon as we get exactly. off the air, we're going to give Helena all the information so she can start yeah, that race we out there. <laughs> well, we no, you get know what? Going. I'm, I'm really curious to know what, for somebody like me, I, I'm sure you get plenty of um, English students who are, are, are looking to get back mm-hmm. to the basics or, or even to explore extreme cowboy riding. Yeah. Um, what do you see as the, the greatest challenge in someone who's got a totally English background? 
coming into you know your what? program? I, I tell you the something. Clothing. I have a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of people come that write English, and I tell them, shoot, if you're an English writer, dressage writer, use those skills on your Western horse, and vice versa. All it's going to do is help you. All it's going to do is make you a better rider. And the horse doesn't care what kind of saddle you got on. Great horsemanship is great horsemanship. You know, it comes from your hands, your seats, your legs, your mind, your body, your communication skills. And it doesn't matter what discipline it is. So if you're going over a jump, you want to have great style, whether you are uh, got a cowboy hat on or a helmet. It doesn't really matter. So, again, great horsemanship is great horsemanship. So if you're a great rider, you're going to be able to do great in the Extreme Cowboy Association and the Extreme Cowboy races. And you have some really bizarre obstacles that you go through, too. Look at your website. There's some fun stuff here. Oh, you know what? I tell you, Glenn, I've never had one person that didn't do this race that when they got through said that was the most fun I've ever had on my horse. It's very addictive. It's a lot of fun. You get a chance to meet a lot of great folks uh, that are starting to do this event. We had a world finals this year in Topeka, Kansas, crowned a world champion in each division. You know, we have 14 regions around the country, and this thing is really growing like gangbusters. And so if, you're, if you love horses and horsemanship and action at your own pace, man, this is the way to go, the extreme cow. Association. And there's some cowgirls in here too, Helena. It's not just cowboys. Mm. No, there's well, cowgirls. I really don't care about the cowgirls. <laughs> no, but I bet you could be one. I can see you in the hat doing this thing. Of course you could. <laughs> well, you know what? i tell you something. Some of the cowgirls have really been tough, and they've come to the top uh, on a lot of the big events and actually won some of these events several times. And so the cowgirls are doing just great. We've even had an all-cowgirl extreme race at one time and so we're doing all sorts of different things and it, like i said it is it is fun it's exciting it's great for you great for your horse and we're finding a lot of cutters and rainers dressage people and one of the great things about extreme cowboy racing we don't care what kind of horse you got you can have a you can have a shetland pony you can have a mule hmm. you can have a stallion a gilding a thoroughbred a quarter horse it doesn't matter what kind of horse you have you just come on and get in this event and that's one of the things that's making it's very popular. People say, shoot, I can just get my old uh, 15-year-old paint horse out there and get in, involved, and you, you certainly can. So that's one of the things that's making it great. Now, one of the things that we saw this, this last year, I mean, we had a great turnout for the world up there in Topeka, and I think everybody had a blast and was really, was really excited about everything. Where do you think we're heading next year? I know that we've got some changes coming up for the, you know, with the EXCA, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the futurity that we're having planned? Well, the fraternity is going to be really neat, and uh, we're going to have a, uh, a class just for fraternity horses, which will be three-year-old horses, and these horses uh, can come to some of the practice events, but just like the fraternity at a cutting or something, they cannot have competed except at this final event, at the World Finals. And then, then we're going to have a sale of these horses, and there will be some incredible horses where a guy that's really looking for a good horse or just to get in, involved in extreme racing or just looking for a good horse in general is going to be able to pick up a horse, actually see him put to the ultimate test during the extreme race. So this is going to be quite a challenge for the trainers that are training them, an opportunity for people to pick up a great horse. It's just going to be very exciting to see these young horses that have never actually been uh, competed on go out there and compete for a big event, a lot of money, a buckle, the whole deal. So the fraternity is just a new element that we're adding to the world finals that will be coming up this coming year. What That's exactly is, is does futurity mean? Uh, please forgive me. I should know this, but I don't. So can you explain that? Well, usually uh, futurity horse is a horse that 
has not had the opportunity to compete yet. And uh, words, he hasn't a seasoned horse. They're taking to some practice things. He's he's just a rookie as far as that goes. He hasn't been competed on, and so this will be his first true competition. So he's competing with horses all at exactly the same level, the same age. The playing field is 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 very even, and so it's a very exciting event. And you will see some incredible young horses uh, compete out there, and you'll just be amazed at what they get accomplished on these young three-year-old uh, horses that are coming up. And like I say, an opportunity for people to buy a great horse at the same time. Now, this is basically this is their debut, isn't it? That's what it is. That's exactly this what it is. is. Everybody, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's very exciting. So uh, uh, we love doing this kind of stuff, and uh, the people love watching it. You know, everybody loves to watch these fraternities, and uh, because they are, this is the first time you pick these great prospects coming out, and uh, you just see these great young horses that uh, are doing so much and have had such a great start, and uh, uh, you just see the excitement in the horse, the rider, and and the audience. And one thing great about extreme cowboy racing, it has become a, a great spectator sport. You know, a lot of uh, uh, horse events are just only exciting for the people doing them, but there's so many thrills and spills and so much action and speed and uh, in the extreme cowboy race, for we're just packing the stands. I mean, full houses. A lot of places, these coliseums are only having a standing room only because it is such an exciting event to watch. So you don't even have to be a horse person to really love it because, like I say, lots of speed, lots of thrills, lots of spills, lots of action in extreme cowboy racing. Hey, Craig, I'm picturing uh, I'm picturing uh, cowgirl cheerleaders with hats on and barbecue. Am I right? <laughs> hey, listen, I bet we could fill a few more seats. I- like I think you should go there. I, that's my idea, too. I'll sell it to you. Yeah, Helena, Helena, are you ready for that? <laughs> you were a cheerleader, too. I let the cat out of the bag there, didn't I, Helena? I could sell some ribs. I could sell tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get it all going right there. I guarantee you. Like I said, we'll, we'll fill a few more seats like that. So that'd be fun. You, you bet. So, and by the way, Steve, Steve yes, competed in the uh, world finals. He qualified for the world finals. And, uh, and Steve, how's your knee doing? And seeing as how I, I was just going to say, you keep, you keep I was just going to end up going to the hospital in that deal. So there yeah. is a lot of action. How's that we're, knee doing? We're, we're, it, it's put back together now. It's fine. Surgery's done. <laughs> That's good. That's we, good. We were, part, we, we were part of the spills. So there, yeah, there's definitely a lot of excitement there. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of action on the deal. So, but uh, it's been great and. Uh, you know, again, I think the horse industry is growing. You know, I think one thing great about the horse industry is, you know, it brings people back to, to tradition. I think almost every American has a little bit of cowboy in him. Everybody loves horses and a little bit of cowboy. And so horsemanship, you know, it's good for people. It's good for young people. It teaches them responsibility. They get to meet other kids. It's a great sport. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I think a lot of people that are going back to their roots. We have a lot of people that say uh, 40 years old, 50 years old, just say, well, I want to get back into horses again. I did it as a young person, and, uh, and boy, this is a great way to do it through this extreme cowboy racing. And so they're coming to clinics, and, of course, the clinics give an opportunity. It doesn't matter what level of riding you're at. You come, like, to a Craig Cameron clinic or something like that, we work with you where you're at, where you're headed, what your goals are, get you going again. And before you know it, you'll be amazed what you're getting accomplished just by coming to one clinic. That's a really a great, great way to get back involved with these horses, no matter what level of horsemanship you're at. Craig, you, you know, know so, you, you, you uh, just mentioned here that 
uh, speaking about uh, breaking babies, you got a competition coming up too that we just spoke <laughs> with. Uh, we just spoke with Tootie from the uh, Road to the Horse, which has become a huge event in the in in the uh, horsemanship world. And they sell like six thousand tickets every year for this thing. Now you've competed mm-hmm. in it before, right? Oh, I've competed in it several times, and uh, Tootie uh, uh, and her late husband Steve just came up with a great idea cold starting competition and so uh uh this event uh, draws a lot of people because it's very exciting and plus it's a great learning experience people get to sit there and watch uh, three or four guys that are the best in the world uh start these young horses that have never been saddled or rode and see all these different techniques that are going on and uh you know it's very exciting a lot of fun and uh so again, that competition will be coming up called Road to the Horse, and so again, I'm always privileged to uh, get invited and be a part of it, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. That's like the I think it's the first weekend in March, like the sixth or seventh or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And and I w- I just want to announce that the Stable Scoop Show will be there. We're going to record a show from, so we'll have you back on, and and uh, we'll have you back on as the winner of the Road to the Horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would suit me fine. I guarantee you that. So, uh, but you know, it is a great event. It'll be in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And uh, uh, like I said, it's it's a fun event. You get a chance to meet all the competitors. All have booths there, and you get a chance to come by and visit with them and talk to them and see these guys. You know, go through the process of drawing these horses. Each guy hoping to get the best horse with the best disposition, so he he can really show off his work. And then at the end, these uh, we all got to go through an amazing. Uh, obstacle course with these horses that have only got a couple hours of training in them so again it's very exciting and a lot of fun and i'm looking forward to it now you know you did we did one last year up there in canada and stuff like that i know that was a lot of fun um back to the uh, the extreme cowboy I, you, you mentioned that it's like taken off across the country but you, you, we've got a lot of response too from just around the world as well haven't we well, yeah, I tell you what, there's a lot of people that are so interested in this extreme cowboy race. And like I say, it's a brand new event that people are just loving. And so we've had inquiries from, uh, uh, Great Britain, you know, my RFD TV show goes over there and, and in Spain and Italy, uh, lots of different places that are really interested in this Mexico, uh, this extreme cowboy race. And so it's going to be a worldwide event. And, you know, uh, next year in August, the, uh, we're going to have the worldwide equestrian games right here, uh, in America and, uh, in Kentucky. And, uh, uh, so again, a lot of these things going on that, uh, are happening and you know making the extreme cowboy race really start to grow so again anybody interested in an event that is a lot of fun and you don't have to just be an expert rider to get involved because of our different categories man this this thing is a blast so it's rolling like a wheel and you know just great horsemanship just getting better all the time having fun you know i swear as i ride you know uh uh, i'm getting a little older they they describe me in two different magazines. Uh, matter of fact, the last road of the horse, they called me the Mick Jagger of the round pen. A guy introduced <laughs> me the other day as the George Strait of clinicians. And I got to thinking about that. I said, is this a compliment or does it just mean I'm old? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, you're classic. That's You'd be a classic, like classic Coke. <laughs> oh, gosh, well, I hope so, you know. But you know what? I swear, there isn't a time still to this day that I don't climb on a horse when I really enjoy it, really get that thrill. Honest to gosh, every time I get on a horse, and really as much as I ride, as much as I do the clinics, you know, I, I still get a thrill out of it, and I still 
feel like I'm getting better almost on a daily basis. So uh, that's one of the fun things about horses and horsemanship. There's no end to it. You you can continually get better all the time. So, so you know, that's one of the fun and most fun things about horsemanship. You know, because great horsemanship truly is an, it's just an art form. And uh, like playing the piano or the guitar, uh, being an artist, you know, you continually hone your skills, get better, and keep evolving. Wow. Well, you certainly picked the right career. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Jeff. But, uh, you know, I always loved horses and horsemanship from the time I was a kid. I was lucky, you know. My family was always in the ranch and business when I was just a kid a long time ago, and, and it was something that I always loved, and, and I just sort of caught into it. And uh, I knew when I was a very, very young kid that that's really all I wanted to do was be involved in the ranching industry, cattle and horses and cowboying, and, uh, you know, I really kind of stuck to my guns and uh, was lucky enough to uh, uh, just end up, you know, kind of where I ended up, you know, at the right time in the right place. So it's been pretty good to me, horses and horsemanship, and, of course, I love the horse, absolutely. So. Well, I, we're, I'm having a great time talking with you. We need to take a short break for a commercial. Um, we've got uh, a wonderful sponsor, equestrianprofessional.com. I'm going to talk a little bit about them. EquestrianProfessional.com is the site for people in the horse business. If you are a horse trainer, riding instructor, professional rider, or stable operator, you need to check out EquestrianProfessional.com. It's a website that provides affordable horse business education and marketing tools specifically for horse professionals. They have a huge article index, a library that you can download, cool tools like online calculators, how-to videos, member forums, and tele-seminars. And again, it's all for horse professionals. If you sign up for their newsletter today, well, that's free. This newsletter is packed with information that you can use right away, and that'll help you improve your business. But when you do sign up for that newsletter, you also get the 10 best ways to make your horse business more profitable. That's an easy-to-read, step-by-step guide to help you make your horse business run more smoothly and more profitably. So that's equestrianprofessional.com. Success for your horse business. Support for your equestrian career at equestrianprofessional.com. Well, thank you, Helena. Well, guys, we are plain running out of time for for this show. Craig, it has been a pleasure to have you on. We're going to have you back on again. We're trying to put a special show together around the road to the horse. If you would be kind enough to do that, we would love to have you back again. Well, I'd love to come back. I'll bring the cheerleaders, okay? Yeah, bring the darn cheerleaders. Make sure they get outfitted correctly on that deal. Okay. He'll, he'll be there for sure, then. <laughs> and listen, you guys keep up the great work on the show. I just love it and uh, appreciate what y'all are doing. And uh, anytime I can help you out, uh, uh, you just give me a holler. I'll be glad to do it, and I'll be looking forward to that Road the Horse event and that show that y'all are going to do as well. So thank you very much for having me. All right. Yeah, thanks thanks a lot, Craig. I might try and get you uh, to come up this way sometime if you think uh, the Northeast would be a good place to to get your. Oh get yeah, I've been out. up there. I don't think I've been as far as Rhode Island, maybe, but I've been quite <laughs> far. Been up to New York quite a few times, in Pennsylvania and Massachusetts and what have you. And I love it up there. And my favorite thing about the people up there is they're all really gung ho to learn, and uh, of course that makes teaching a lot easier. So yeah, absolutely, Helene, I'd love to be up there. I only have Great. one more question I'll for you, Craig, though, an important one. Uh, Steve, uh-huh. Steve actually confessed that he has a pair of English riding boots and breeches. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think we need to get a picture of him on a calendar in that day. Like that. I think that'll look pretty I'll, I'll be right next to you. I'll be right next to you. Yeah. <laughs> Any show ever. You, you weren't supposed to spill the beans, Glenn. Yeah, sorry, I just oh, had to do that. Man. Well, listen, uh, thanks again. Thanks, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to get that picture of Steve out there. Hey, you guys keep riding like a champion, and thanks for having me, and I'll catch up with you later. All right, bye, Thanks Craig. a lot, Craig. Bye, Craig. Thank you. All right, sir, bye-bye. <laughs> well, there he goes. That was a lot of fun, Steve. Oh, uh, we're sad. so glad you had him on. Uh, yeah, you know, he, he, he never cr- did cr- say cr- whether he never answered the question. <laughs> so. No, and, and I'm sure he won't. Although I do know, I mean, I mean, between us, he has written in English several times, but he usually does it in his his shaps, his boots, and his spurs. Yeah. So okay. I, I don't know if he actually has a, a pair in the closet. But, uh, <laughs> And and if he does, I doubt if he would ever confess to it. No, so, I doubt too. They'll, no, they, as so. the uh, saying is, they'll stay in the closet. So probably, there's <laughs> no meaning to the closet. Yes, it does. <laughs> there's something new to come out of the closet for. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't think that's ever coming out. Hey, so. Helena, I have to tell you that uh, my wife Jennifer, who, who's your best friend, uh, came home and I she heard us talking, and she's now on the website going, "I want to do that." Yeah, so you see, she's, I know. she wants to go do the extreme. Uh, the extreme cowgirl thing. So I just posted it on my Facebook page. <laughs> I it it, it, it is one of the coolest events. When Helena, when you asked me like uh, about fox hunting, this is in, in in the Western realm. This is probably as close as we've got. But I mean, it, it's fast paced and exciting. It sure is. Yeah, I imagine there's no adult beverages consumed at one of these either. Um, uh, actually, as part of our rule book, we, t- we, we frown on that. Oh, I was going to say, it's part of our rule book. We encourage that. That's what. I'm no, no, no. <laughs> a- after, afterwards, trust me, the stuff that, you know something, you don't want to pass off a handgun to a man who just had a beer. So we really, we really suggest that that is done afterwards, after the horses are put up. So. <laughs> so it's a different than fox hunting, where they drink the entire time. See, that is a difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, You're not supposed to. See, that's why fox hunters fox hunt, because there are no rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I wanted to, we have to share an email that we got uh, that I really liked from Shelly Harkins. Uh, she says, hi, Glenn and Helena. I own and operate a small boarding and lesson facility in North Yarmouth, Maine. Did I say that right, Helena? Yes. And I just wanted to comment on your show. And when I got to that point, I went, oh, no, here we go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then she said, I stumbled upon your podcast on iTunes, and I'm so happy I did. Being a small facility, some days I'm alone all day. I wear a Bluetooth headset while I work, and now I feel like I have company all day. The shows are very informative and extremely entertaining. On a typical morning mucking stalls, if you listen, you might just hear me burst out laughing. I just love that feeling. Mucking has never felt better. Thanks for the entertainment and for being honorary White Birch Farm friends. You've got me hooked for sure. Keep up the good work. Well, there's nothing we like better than helping people muck. Um, (laughs) And to make that job a little more delightful than it is every day. And thank you so much, Shelly. And we really, that's why we did this show, was to help people get through their mundane, ordinary chores with a smile on their face. So I'm glad to hear there's one listener that's doing that in North Yarmouth, Maine, which is probably really cold and snowy right now. So, so hi, Shelly. We appreciate you listening. And, hey, guys, guess who we're having on with us next week? Speaking of horsemanship and training. Who? 
and he, we're having Lynn Palm on with us next week. Oh, so I, I, I know Helena has been looking forward to that. So Lynn will be on with us to talk about about what she's doing around the country. I met Lynn for the first time at the event, uh, the Succeed fundraising event down in Florida last month. It was a lot of fun to say hi to her and to meet her. And uh, we spoke a little bit. And she said, well, you had Monty on. Why haven't I been on your show? And I said, that's a darn good question. <laughs> so so uh, Lynn's going to be on with us next week. And uh, I know you're looking forward to that, Helena. Yes, yes. I saw her at uh, Equine Affair uh, not too long ago, and um, I thought she was fabulous. She was very um, entertaining, and it was hard to keep me focused on one thing. <laughs> and, now, Steve, uh, you've had... probably run into her, haven't you? I've met her a couple of times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In your travels, I thought so. She also yep. was just announced as being one of the uh, entertainers at the World Equestrian Games all 16 excellent, days. Excellent. So she'll Very be here good. all 16 days for the World Equestrian Games as well. So we'll talk to her a little bit about that. Well, Steve, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show with us today to guide <laughs> us through the world me. of extreme cowboys. And I, you notice the title I put, uh, The Extreme Cowboys. I figured that would get the female listeners to, uh, females to listen in. Uh, well, it had an effect just on Helena, so I'm sure. <laughs> Everything has an effect on me, though. You don't use me as a barometer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Steve. We appreciate it. Thanks it a lot, It was great guys. having you on. Well, and, Thank and you I very to much remind for having everybody me. that we will have all of our show notes at stablescoop.com. We'll have links to all of the websites uh, for Steve and for Craig and for the Extreme Cowboys. We'll have that all in our show notes as well. And don't forget, you can send us an email just like Shelly did. Just go to our website at stablescoop.com and hit the contact link at the top of the page. I also wanted to do a quick reminder that we have an Amazon link in the middle of our all of our websites now at all the shows. You can help support the Horse Radio Network by just clicking that Amazon link the next time you're going to buy anything at Amazon. And we get a little bit back from Amazon, and it helps support the network, and it's a way you can do it without really costing you any money. It just takes an extra click. Well, Helena, we are going to... You ready? Are you ready for this now? Oh, gosh. We have not had a blooper in weeks. That's because I haven't been on. Because you haven't been here. (laughs) So, Helena, we will be back again next week. With the scoop. Well, that wasn't any good. That was was just like normal. Oh, please, cut me some slack. (laughs) I know. You just got back. I should cut you some slack. I'll give you a blooper next week, I promise. All right. (laughs) So, we'll see everybody next week.